been pretty good today. Just a 54-yard field goal attempt. Wouldn't have been his career long. 58 in Winnipeg in his second year was that. That snapped a streak of eight consecutive field goals for the Western product. But the Argos, eh, it's only three points. They're up 35-6, to six, and we'll get the ball back here to start quarter number four. By the way, Paul Woods, Argonaut historian, fan extraordinaire, says with the Cambridge and Oxford stuff, the two colors that make the double blue, Cambridge blue, Oxford blue, I can't remember which one is which. Paul says the socks are Cambridge blue. There you go. So thank you, Paul. Because that would have been way too much effort for me to look that up online. <laughs> it like eight seconds, but forgot we were talking about it. So there we go. Good old internet. And here's the kickoff. Holy smokes. Boris Beatty puts a charge into one into the That's back of the bomb. end zone. And out the back, so not even a single point. You do not get the single point by kicking it through the end zone because that was coming too commonplace in the West when uh, they shortened the end zones to 20 yards. For those who don't remember, at one point they were 25. And you get into those blustery games out West and you just put the ball in the air and the air would, you know, the wind would take it. So they just said, let's even it up. Let's let's not make that a single point. So instead, the Argonauts will take it at the 25-yard line. Boy, did Beatty ever put a charge into that. He did. He did. He hasn't, uh, a couple times he hasn't kicked the ball that well, but he certainly got all of that one. So after three quarters, after the interception, Ray has his 313 yards. And Cody Fajardo is standing on the sidelines looking at his wristband for plays, but it's number 15. In a quarterback. We will ask Mark Tressman uh, the reasoning behind leaving Ricky Ray in this long in a game that was 35-0 at halftime. And they're going to go play action. They're going to dump it off to Declan Cross, 25-30. And the Mac product has about six yards. They're going to mark him at the 31-yard line. And it will be second down and four. It's a zone read where it's a zone read to the left where Ricky... Has a look to see what the defensive end is doing. Pulls the ball out and flips it to Declan Cross, who's sliding to the right. And it looks like Declan uh, got a little banged up here after the play. That was just a cramp because he's, he was bending yes. down, grabbing his foot. He may have just cramped up, which hopefully that will be all. I have had so much fun watching him play, and this is a guy that Mark Tressman barely knows the guy, right? I mean, he's, he's sure. here for the first year. And talking about a second-year player when I did a profile on Declan and Jamal Campbell, the two tight ends, raved about Declan Cross's leadership skills. This is a second-year pro. Yeah. This is a guy who's not in every play. And they're looking at the knee-calf area on Declan Cross, so we'll take a timeout. 14-and-a-half remaining in the fourth quarter. Argos, 35, Montreal, 6. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. Argos 35, Montreal 6. Argos trying to reserve a spot atop the East standings, and they'll do that if they can hang on here in the last 14 minutes and 32 seconds. Declan Cross off the field, walking off on his own. That is good news. And he's got the helmet off, and looks like he's walking without a limp even, but he's going to set up on the trainer's table, and they'll take a look at him. The fans here having a blast, and not many have left. Uh, a bigger crowd than what we have seen this year. I think this will be bigger than the opener against Hamilton. A lot up in the upper deck on the far side, which has not always been the case here. So people starting to climb aboard this thing they got going here. Ray back to pass. He's under pressure. He's going to get off the attempted sack. Roll out to his left. He's got a day and a half. 
and will throw it to the near side and hit Fuller in the hands, and he let it go through. Second down, third down now, and about three. Khalil Payton has had some problems with dropping the football, and that ended up in him being released earlier in the week. They let him go on Monday. He had another drop against Montreal last Friday night. That's a bad drop right there by Jeff Fuller. He runs a little out pattern, and Ricky scrambling around trying to find someone to throw to. He was looking at Ralph possibly, but he wasn't open. Edwards wasn't open, and uh, Fuller was right on the sideline. Fairly easy catch, and uh, went right through his hands. Would have been an Argo first down. Hiralahu back, and he'll stand at his own 18-yard line, kicking into the wind this time. And it's not great. The wind's going to kill it, though. And Logan, like a gun, right up the sideline, across midfield, down to the 40-yard line with a flag down. You think he saw a scene? Oh, boy, there was no hesitation at all. That was, I'm doing my best to St. Bolt and trying to get out of the blocks a little bit quicker than he does. Not yeah. quite as fast as the same. That was ball. dangerous. And the ball is in flight, holding. Montreal number 42. 10-yard penalty. Oh. First down. That's going to be the fullback turned linebacker slash NJS Blank from Montreal, the University of Montreal, the Danny Machocha program. They played uh, U of T today in one of the scrimmages as the OUA getting ready for its regular season to start. At last report, that wasn't going well for the varsity. Montreal, one of the top programs in the country. First down at the 35-yard line. Alowitz will put it in play from there. And they will go ground game. And it's Sutton to the 40. Nice cut. And he'll get across the 45 to the 48-yard line. And brought down there. Wow, that was an incredible cut by, by Sutton. He came around the corner, and Plummer and Ball were both standing there. And he made them freeze. They actually looked like they had their feet stuck in quicksand. As Sutton cut inside and got past both of them. Did you see who was back there to make the tackle? Lyndon Gadosh made the tackle, who's lined up at defensive tackle That's right now. Argos about. brought him in a week ago. Getting that downfield effort. 300 pounds of love. He'll come to the near side. Nick Lewis, speaking of 300 pounders, makes the catch at the 50-yard line. They'll give him a 51. It's a gain of three, second down. Gadosh in 2013 was the first overall pick in the CFL draft, the year Jermaine Gabriel's draft year. Yep. First overall, everybody assumed he'd go down to the NFL, give it a go down there. He's out of the University of Calgary, and he did. Carolina Panthers signed him, and he hurt his back pretty badly. Okay. Cost him his year. Came back up here, played for Hamilton, got hurt again. Missed most of last year. Back to pass now on Durant. He's going to go to the scene now to the numbers, and it is incomplete looking for Samuel Jaguer. So he played, they traded him to Saskatchewan in the offseason. Saskatchewan released him, and with all of the injuries that Toronto was having, they decided to give him a shot. So here's a guy who's, what, four years removed from being the first overall pick in the draft. And if he can play, like it's a no-risk situation at all. Keeps getting a chance. Bring him in. See what he can do. That's right. If he can stay healthy, watch out. If he can't play, you release him. If he can play, you just got to steal. So Beattie will punt this one third down from their own 51-yard line. Martise Jackson drops back. Beatty's looking for the far sideline. It's going to corkscrew down at the 11-yard line. Here goes Jackson, 15-20. Puts on the brakes, comes back the other way, and gets out of a tackle. Can he get the corner? No, and he's going to get hit from behind at the 19-yard line. He had one guy to beat, couldn't get there, and now we've got another injured Argo who seems to be in a bit of trouble on the far side, and is that Declan Cross? I think it is. 
We'll take the timeout. We'll come back and get the update. And 11.53 in the fourth quarter remain. It's 35-6 Argos. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. It is indeed Declan Cross who is now standing up, injured on almost back-to-back plays here. And he's limping a little bit right now. The good news is he's putting weight on it and walking off at a fairly brisk rate. 11.53 remaining here in the fourth quarter. Argonauts have rolled out to a 35-6 lead. It was 35-0 after the first half. And then uh, Montreal scored on the final play of the third quarter on an interception pick six. And that's where we are right now. They went for two and missed out. 35-6. Fans having a blast here today. Just having fun. And I mean, if why it, wouldn't you? If it was a cramp earlier, this kind of makes sense because the cramps don't go away. They just get worse. Yeah. And it may have completely locked up. But And what was he doing? They gave him a water bottle as he was walking off. So that would make sense. Ray now is going to pull it back and dump it off to Jimmy Ralph. Yes, Ricky Ray is back out there in a 35-6 game. And Jimmy Ralph is going to take it out. Brock Ralph, Brett Ralph, a couple of former receivers in the league. Those are the big bros for Jimmy Ralph. Jimmy Ralph was a member of the National Baseball, the the uh, Canadian National Baseball team, the youth, the uh, junior team, two-sport guy, and is able to play pro football, so he's going to give that a whirl. I don't think anybody expected him to make this team. Well, he's in there playing the fullback spot. Back to pass is Ray. He's going to dump it off over the middle. He's got a man. It is caught by Jimmy Ralph. A couple of spin moves. Nice play. And like a young Tasmanian devil, will take it across the 30 to the 34. Ralph releases late, lined up at that R spot, which uh, is typically either the fullback or Coombs. With Coombs out, it's Ralph, and Ralph having to uh, do a role, maybe doing some fullback type stuff as well, and makes a nice catch, spins off a couple of defenders, and turns that into a first down. Jimmy Ralph also played with the Calgary Colts, and if you remember that name, that's where Jermaine Gabriel played after he left U Sports, then CIS football. And they're going to dump it out to Ralph again. And he's got some room around the far side across the 40 to the 42-yard line. And that is going to be very close to another first down. Might be. And they're going to mark him at the 43, so they'll give him seven. So it'll be second down and three. And out come the Hogs. That was a good play call as the Argos were looking for a zone read. Alouettes had everybody, including their grandmothers, in the box. And they were bringing it, and uh, Ralph released quickly. Chip Cox picked up on it, followed him. Otherwise, Ralph may have gotten around that corner and turned that into a big play. Kate Pedersen letting us know they just taped up Declan Cross's ankle, and he's been out running on it, sort of running on the spot. Seems okay, not limping at all. Cody Fajardo comes out with the short yardage group. He had second down in a long yard, almost two yards, and Fajardo sprints to the right side, and he's going to turn the corner and get the first down. He drove them nuts last week running the football. He had nine carries for 60 yards last week, and at least a couple of those were sneaks. He was out there following that open field blocking by S.J. Green there, who has uh, was responsibility was to block the perimeter, and Cody was following him because, uh, I mean, we know that S.J. back in his day when he was in college was used as a blocking receiver, which he's was, getting a little taste of it now. It was a great story he told on this week's edition of the Double Blue Podcast. You can download that anywhere you basically get your podcasts from. It's free. 
and he was on, and uh, you're bang on. It was it was an interesting story. Ray's going to hand off the ball, and it's going to be Whitaker up the middle for about five. I looked. I didn't realize his numbers until I looked them up. Uh, I looked up his uh, university numbers. He was terrible. Oh, here we go. Kyrie Bear wants a piece of Chris Van Zyl again. That's been going on all day. What did Chris say to him? I don't know, but hey, Bear is Bear not is happy. Terrible. And a Bear took the shot last week, the helmet to helmet at Cody Fajardo. So it wouldn't be surprising if Van Zyl has been maybe a little extracurricular activity with a Bear. All right, let's watch this play right here, Hogue, because a yeah. uh, Bear is lined up over top of Chris, there saying something to him right now, not paying attention to the football. <laughs> you watch that, I'll watch the ball. How's that? Well, now I'm really tempted to watch that. Second down, and we'll call it seven, yard li- uh, seven to go, just outside the 50-yard line. Three receivers to the near side for Ray, who drops back. Four-man rush, and he dumps it off, and he's got Whitaker, who's got a first down easily, 50-45, and that is a fantastic play call and a gain of 15 yards. And another Toronto Argonaut first down. They lead 35-6 to with eight minutes remaining here in the fourth quarter. So Watman ended up being the recipient of Bear's anger downfield because Watman released on this... Uh, running back screen and was looking to block a bear downfield but a bear saw him coming and decided to make the move first and took out Watman's knees just to take a shot at an offensive lineman because he was angry meanwhile he took himself out of the play which allowed Whitaker to get the first down <laughs> first down at the 45 yard line Whitaker another nice day against his former team we have tight ends and people all over the field right now Bunch formation to the near side, and they are going to go right up the gut. Tick-tock, 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 as they try to chew as much time as possible, and we'll get about four yards on first down. A big pile up there. Alouette's no doubt looking to get a couple of hits in, having a frustrating afternoon from them, considering the uh, the win they had last week. What a turn of events in a week. Oh, Unbelievable. Brandon Whitaker I have in all-purpose yards today. Over 100 yards now after that reception. That is unofficial. But it's close. Back to pass now is Ray. Ray, far side, has a man bobbled and caught by Jimmy Ralph. Makes the catch right at the first down stick. And, in fact, that is going to be a first down. He needed six, and he got six and a half. Nice play. Declan Cross now running back out onto the field as Jimmy Ralph is going to come out. I love those stories when you just don't expect anything. Yeah. Right? No, I love it. Nothing. Love it. And all he does is go in and make plays. And that's that's what he did at camp. And every time you'd go to camp during the two-a-days, you'd see him do something that would catch your eye. And then he had touchdown catches in each one of the exhibition games. So he made the team. It was not handed to him. Ball at the 35-yard line. Here's Whitaker again. And the Oklahoma native will take it down to the 32-yard line. If you missed the podcast, interesting story for Brandon. Like, how does an Oklahoma kid, just in the suburb of Oklahoma City, get outside the state when they've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State? And he had kind of committed to Oklahoma. Scouts weren't paying attention. Well, no, they were. Oklahoma wanted him. So he goes to Oklahoma. He's all ready to sign, put his name. And they said, well, at the last minute, they said, we're going to bring him, but we're going to move you to the slot. And he said, why? He said, we got another kid coming in. He said, okay, uh, I want to play running back. We've got this other kid coming in. I'll continue in a second. Ball at the 32-and-a-half-yard line. Ricky Ray under pressure. Montreal brings pressure. Comes to the near side. He almost did it again. Couldn't quite bring it down this time. S.J. Green. So all of a sudden, 
Brandon goes, you know what? If you're not going to let me play running back, I want to play running back. I'm going to go to Baylor. I'm going to play there. Very nice program. They were happy to get him. The kid turned out to be Adrian Peterson. So, you know, <laughs> in retrospect, it's pretty fun. Yeah, he's not bad. But at the time, you know, this is this high school kid that they're going to bring in. This is my job. Beat it, Peterson. I, Ira Love is going to come in. He uh, had to hit eight straight before missing the 54-yarder. What's going and on here? He came out oh, with the gonna, tee and then he threw the tee back. Now he's going to punt. Why is he doing that? It would have been a 40-yard attempt into the wind. Is the wind that strong there? Look at yeah. I mean, I guess it oh, is. Right oh, at the it one is. End. It's really, it's really blowing. Look at the uh, flag wing just for us. The flags at the midway are blowing at a very high speed. Like it is flat out, and so are the telltales parallel to the ground. So they're not going to risk it. And Hiralahu will kick to one of the corners. He's going to kick to the right corner. He's going to get it. And he's going to put it out inside the wow. five. What a kick by Liram Hiralahu. And it's going to be out at the two-yard line. What a <laughs> tremendous kick by Liram. And we'll take the timeout. Argos have five minutes to kill here. They are up 35-6. to six. You're listening to Argo Football on TSN 1050. That's Jeff Johnson. I'm Mike Martin. King Henderson's down on the sidelines. Andy McNamara will host our post game, where we will hear the news conference from one Mark Crestman, and we will also um, have the coach on for a one-on-one with us after that's over. So stick around after this game is over and uh, just bask in the glory of an Argonaut huge victory over the Montreal Alouettes that will move Toronto into a first-place tie. They'll be two points up on Montreal. They'll even the series, uh, season series, and they'll be three points up on Ottawa and have won the season series against Ottawa. What so about Hamilton? Very what good about play. Hamilton, Hoke? Aren't Bring they close? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't real good at math, were you? Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I couldn't believe that. You know, yeah. That was a Billy Preston song. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Over the middle, Durant in the general direction of Cunningham, who has one catch today. Durant getting up a little bit slowly. So is one of the Hoggies in the end zone, but it was knocked down as they have just... This defense... I was going to say, they are, this D-line is having a day again. Oh, three, that was a three-man rush, and they got pressure on Durant. Wynn, Finley, and Lemon getting it done between B- the three of them. B.J. Cunningham, Cunningham is one of the most underrated receivers in the Canadian Football League because he's not up at that next level. One catch for 10 yards, three catches last week for 30. Back in the end zone, Durant, oh, knocked up in the line of scrimmage. And if that had been up in the air a little bit longer and Jeff Finley had have turned his head, he would have made the people down in front of us in the Finley jerseys very happy. And they're laughing right now. They're having a great time. So they sub out Finley, or uh, win. They bring in Tuggle to play inside at the, the tackle position. He's done that a little bit here in the fourth, in the uh, second half. He drives straight at the guard and goes vertical, expecting the ball to be thrown to the boundary. Sure enough, it was, and great, well-timed on that jump by Tuggle. I would assume, well, they've got the win. They may just see what Boris can do. Don't forget as well, they're kicking out of this end zone where it's got the artificial surface as opposed to the natural grass, and it can be a little problematic for feet and being a little slippery. Not a great kick. an awful kick. And it will be Jackson taking it to the 50. No yards flag comes down. Jackson is sprinting to the sideline. He gets a block. 50-45. And what a big block it was. 40. And he'll step it around to the 37-yard line. So the Argonauts are going to get outstanding position. Was that Cam Walker with the block? 
It was. Oh, boy, did he ever deplete one of the Alouettes. S.J. Hydara just got oh. depleted. Whoo, he was, uh, he got hit, and the first thing to hit the turf were his shoulder pads. His feet were up in the air. His <laughs> soles of his feet were looking at the sky. Just saw the replay. I caught that out of the corner of my eye, and I could see him lining it up, and then I saw two guys, one guy go down, and the other guy get caught up in the wash of that. Well, Martise knew that was coming, right? Yeah. So he caught the ball, and he just ran straight for the open field sideline and said, okay, where, where's Cam? Where's Cam? Where's Cam? Where's Cam? And there he was, boom, with the big block, and four, he was able to turn up field. Four minutes left, ball to the 32-yard line of the Alouettes after the no yards is tacked on. 35-6 Toronto, and it's still... Richard Ray in at quarterback, and he's going to give the ball to Whitaker, and B-Dub will take it down to the 25-yard line for a gain of about seven. Uh, Brandon Whitaker has been just a pain in the side of his former employers. Was it three years ago now he was released just on the last day of training camp, and the Argonauts went, hello, Uh, 79-plus, seven yards on that play, 86 yards rushing today unofficially and he has 30 more through the air so he's going to go over 100 total again after doing that a week ago bunch formation to the near side Argos moving right to left they're going to run right up the gut with Whitaker again and he should have the first down a flag goes down on the far sideline at the line of scrimmage did the Alouettes line up offside did the Argonauts have an end quit speculating I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm putting that out there. I'm trying to build the suspense here because there's not much suspense to build in a 35-6 game. Procedure, Another. no end. Huh? Huh? That's down. sloppy. Guys have tuned out. They've, yeah, you can't check out like that, Manly. Got to stay in the game, boys. Next three games for the Toronto Argonauts. Next two are on the road. August uh, 26, a week from today in Calgary. And then... In Hamilton for Labor Day, next home game is September the 16th against Edmonton. We'll take the timeout. We're at the three-minute warning. It is 35-6 Argos. You're listening to Argonaut Football on TSN 1050. Two minutes, 59 seconds left here. Let's go to the X is sort of the thought of the day around this part of the city. Let's go for the W is what the Argonauts had on their mind. 35-0 at the half, and they have coasted here, working the clock very effectively in the second half and leading 35-6. This is a huge W. Huge W. Hogue, I had this pegged as a must win after, uh, what, three losses in a row? Yep. And, uh, you know, obviously struggling and you don't want at this point of the season you don't want that to continue to mount right you can get into a pretty bad cycle in the middle of the season and um what a better way to slam the door on that uh you know those losses with a big convincing win you know across the board uh, defensive is playing great offenses obviously they've done what they've done today so it's good to see special teams as well second down we'll call it eight and a half to go ball at the 30 yard line argos moving toward the gardener from right to left wearing they're all whites and Cambridge Blue Sox. Thank you, Paul. Play action. Ray on the crossing route has SJ. He's got uh, it down to the 20-yard line. And he took a wallop as he crossed that the middle. He put the helmet down, and hit. he's getting up, which is good news. That's his first catch of the second half. First half, all he did was have eight catches for 135 yards and two touchdowns. 
SJ's taking and a SJ knee. is taking a knee. Oh, he's up. That's good. Hopefully that just knocked the wind out of him. Maybe a little bit of a stinger. But uh, he's walking off. He's not favoring anything. No, he runs an in pattern here, and as he makes this catch, Yellowhead linebacker, yeah, uh, defensive back, DeAndre Wright came up and, and hit him right in the side of the helmet. It is a first down for the Argonauts, and SJ is just going to stand there. He's pointing. He says he's okay. They are down Anthony Coombs. They are down Akwazi Wusu Ansad today, though, so it's a costly victory if those two guys are on the shelf for a bit. Scotty taking them over to... They're going to go to Whitaker again, who's going to go off guard on the right side, get inside the 20 to about the 17-yard line. Tick-tock, tick-tock, three more yards. And uh, this will allow them to take the clock under two minutes to 12 remaining here. And the clock will start moving as soon as Tom Croker puts it in play, our official today. What are you pointing at? You just hit me again. That's Chase is having a chat with the docs down there. Scotty brought him over to oh, sure. Why go through concussion protocol. You have to, absolutely. Yeah. That is absolutely what you should be doing. It's a great sport, but boy, you can't mess around with those things. Play action. They're going to dump it off in the flat. The flat. There's that Declan Cross route again. He's going to make the catch and take it down inside the 15 to the 14, well shy of the first down. Good work, Declan. Way to tough it out. Limping a bit, but it'll be all right. So Hyralahu's going to come out here and attempt another field goal. It'll be his first one of the day. He missed from 54 with the win. This will be 21 yards into the win. 21 and a half, just inside the right hash mark, which is where he likes it. When he kicks his extra points, his conversions, uh, he is just inside the right hash mark. He explained it to me last year. He says it's, just, it's a mental thing. It's a visual thing. I'm comfortable over here, and if I miss, I'm going to miss it this way. So it just, it just with the angle, it helps him. And with the angle here, Yahtzee got it again. And a oh, fight for the football in the stands. Nice. Or the, the big patio in the end zone. And they couldn't bring it down. And it went down back onto the field. Oh, oh and they tossed it back up. Nice, nice call. Gave it to the, the young woman there. And uh, the guys that were wrestling <laughs> for it are Euchred. <laughs> was, was that Alex? I think that's Alex Anthony, isn't it? That tossed it back up. Who's the uh, one of the videographers? Yeah, the I think it was. Here. Yeah. That's going to cost you, double A. That'll cost you the football, pal. Good move, though. Minute 27 remaining. It's now 38-6. Well, he did the right thing. Fans are wrestling for it. They knock it back on. and Of course, they start arguing about who should have had the ball. <laughs> and None of them ended up with it. Hyralahu leading the CFL in field goals this year. He has been a... Very nice diamond in the rough that they have been able to polish after the mess he went through in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, he has come back here. His two years here, he has been exceptionally steady, steady. solid. Yeah. So he's now 29 of 34, or 28, sorry, of 34 this year, and had hit eight in a row before missing the 54-yarder. They just showed a clip of Durant there on the uh, screen in our, in our booth. I felt Durant's been off all afternoon. Like he hasn't, he's been off, like overthrowing guys or behind them. Which last all day. week was, I mean, last week, I mean, he, you know, he completed it, but he looked like he just looked really off all day. And yes, you're right, there's been pressure there, but even when he had the time, he still was off. The fans who are staying here till the end, a lot of them have already gone over to the X and probably the food court. Or the uh, food building. Hunt candy, Hogue. Hunt oh, candy. No kidding. 
Logan's going to take the kickoff, go right up the middle and take it out to the 37-yard line. And James Wilder in on the special teams tackle. Gets a pat on the rear end from Dakota Prukop, who was right behind him. I love the I love the fact that they're utilizing the roster. And if you go to practice, if you see the seconds out there, the number twos, you're going to see Dakota Prukop uh, line up at safety. Okay, he's down there. He's on kickoff, and he's the first guy downfield. Yep. That's a quarterback. That's a quarterback. That's an athlete. That just goes to show you the kind of atmosphere they got going on, too, though. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Letting guys go out and have some fun. First down. Alouettes. And going over the middle, Durant is now out of this game. And uh, they've put in Drew Willie. Remember him? And he completes one over the middle. And he's greeted with a chorus of boos <laughs> here in Toronto. He's going to say, Willie will do this all day with no pressure. I think that was a shot. Yeah, a little I one. I think that was a shot. A little one. So Drew's going to come in here now to the University of Buffalo. So he's Played apparently his... a great, great guy. Yep. Guys love him in the locker room, I just think. Uh... And he's going to go down. He is sacked back at the 52-yard line. The Argos have sent a lot of pressure. They don't have a ton of sacks. In fact, I think that's only the second one of the day. And that's going to be Troy Davis with the sack, his third of the season. Dylan Wynn had one sack earlier today. And that, I believe, is it. Yes, it is. That's sack number two for the Argonauts, who lead the Canadian Football League in that category. They have not led the CFL in sacks since 1997. That is crazy. 20 years. I I, I can't believe that. Well, some of the guys that have been in here, too. Right? Jonathan Brown. I was just going to say JB. JBZ. I saw a brown jersey down there. Second down. 15. Drew Willie back to pass. Four-man rush again, and down he goes. The Lemonator got him. Sean Lemon, third in the league in sacks, is going to crack open the Lemonade. Back-to-back sacks. Lemon has number six. Well, Victor Butler, by the way. Doesn't matter when the sacks happen. Yeah. Victor Butler played five games, four and a half games, really, with the Argonauts. Still leads the league with seven sacks. Yeah, that's crazy. Lemon is now a sack behind him. Talked to him on TSN 1050 earlier this week. I said, come on, dude, you got to move up the list. Like, you're, 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 you're letting us down here. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm, I'm moving up. <laughs> Here's the kick. Beatty launches a high kick toward the sideline, and it's going to go out of bounds. Nice kick by Beatty. And it's out of bounds at the 12-yard line with 40 seconds left. The Argonauts can bring out the bigs, get into victory formation. Call this an afternoon. And Ricky Ray is going to go out and take the knee, and he deserves it. First half, Ricky Ray was 21 of 23. For 260 yards, first half, 91% completion percentage, and had four touchdowns. And they have just taken the foot off the accelerator here in this game. They've added three more. It's 38-6. The only Montreal points coming on a batted-down Ricky Ray pass that was deflected into the arms. Bit of a freak play. Of Dominique Toval, the uh, middle linebacker. So the Argonauts defense has pitched a shutout here today. Yes. No points for the Montreal offense, and they are in victory formation. The two sweetest words in football. And they're going to take a couple of more knees and then get ready for what is going to be a very tough game in southern Alberta next week. 
They got their first loss. Yes, they did. Against a very good Blue Bomber squad. Well, that was uh, Edmonton. Calgary lost earlier this year to... No, I'm talking about Edmonton got their first loss. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So here we go. One more play, and then they can go home. Standing ovation for the folks here at BMO Field. Argos in victory yes, formation. Sir. Ricky Ray's going to take the knee, and the Argos are going to take a big two points from the Montreal Alouettes. Final score today, Argos 38, Montreal 6. Yikes. Kate Pedersen is going to find someone to interview here. I'm looking for Kate out on the sideline. Do you see Kate? No. Nope. Kate. Oh, there's Kate. Look for the bomber jacket. There she is. And uh, she's going to grab somebody here and uh, have a little discussion. Several people that we could have had the discussion with because so many people were integral parts to this victory. And uh, players embracing, obviously, and the handshakes down on the field, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Ricky Ray, touchdown passes to SJ Green times two. Declan Cross had one. Armani Edwards had one. And... Kate's still looking for her target. That's a big afternoon for the Argos. Oh, boy. So the cross touchdown broke the club record of 98 past Condridge Holloway. The 99 set the club record for touchdown passes in a career. And then later on, it hit Armani Edwards for number 100. Hey, it's Brandon Whitaker with Kate Pedersen. Kate? He was here. He's running away right now. (laughs) He's a popular guy on this field. But, Brandon... 41 yards average for the first six weeks per game. 394 yards rushing in the last three games. What's been the difference? Uh, you know, um, the O-line, man, we're getting opportunities to run the ball, and the O-line is getting to, getting to come off, and they're doing their job and making my job very easy. So, um, you know, I'm just excited. We got finally got a win. We got the hump off our back. We just got to build off of it. A close game last week and in a good second half from you guys. What did you talk about in practice this week to build that momentum and come out here guns blazing? Uh, we just got to execute. You know, last week we've been beating ourselves. Even the week before, we keep beating ourselves with penalties uh, and, and, and pushing ourselves back on field position. So we tried to eliminate that as much as possible. And, you know, when you got one five back there, it's a game changer. So, you know, we got to keep him healthy, keep him up, and uh, we go as far as he goes. As a veteran in this locker room, what's your message to the team to enjoy this win but get back on track for two tough games on the road? Uh, yeah, you enjoy it. you got 24 hours to enjoy it, but then it's back to work. Uh, we got a great team coming up next week against Calgary, so we just got to get back to work. And the locker room we have, they know that, and they know we can celebrate and we can go back to work the next day. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Kate. Brandon Whitaker today, uh, unofficially 89 yards rushing on 18 uh, carries, a 4.9-yard average, and he also caught a couple of passes for 30 more yards. So uh, 119 yards total for Brandon Whitaker today. We'll throw it back to uh, Andy McNamara, who's going to guide us through this postgame. We'll hear from Mark Cressman. Not only the uh, discussion with the media as part of the news conference, but Andy will have him one-on-one later in the postgame show as well. All right, Hoagie, man. Uh, victory Saturday for the Toronto Argonauts. And the Kubota Argonauts postgame show starts right after this break. It's brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota.ca. Argos win it 38-6 to over the Alouettes. Postgame show coming up next on TSN 1050. This is Argos Game Night. On TSN 1050, the home of Argos football. 
Victory Saturday, folks. Victory Saturday for the Toronto Argonauts. Absolute domination of the Montreal Alouettes down at BMO Field. 38-6 is your final. You're listening to the Argos Post Game Show presented by Kubota Canada Limited. Find the full lineup of their products at Kubota.ca. You're listening on TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get us on Twitter at TSN1050 Radio, myself at AndyMC81. And my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, you want stat lines, video game-esque for one Ricky Ray. 35 of 43, 81.4% completion for three. 177 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. That pick came when the game was well in hand. Brandon Whitaker rumbling on the ground for 89 yards. S.J. Green, my goodness, nine catches, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Armonte Edwards with a touchdown catch as well. Declan Cross, five catches and a score. Man, it was all Toronto. And Darian Durant went... Just 14 of 27 through the air for 93 yards. Like, what a reversal. It was like just you swap stat lines from a week ago when Ricky Ray was out and you had Jeff Matthews throw for 60-something yards and the same for Cody Fajardo, each splitting a half. And now you have Darian Durant, 93 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Drew Willie came. Oh, he just threw one pass. So, man, like just nothing clicking for the Montreal Alouettes. Terrell Sutton, eight carries for 41 yards. Uh, Ernest Jackson led the way yards-wise for the Alouettes. 43 on just three catches. A horrendous day for the Montreal Alouettes. A dominant day on both sides of the ball for the Toronto Argonauts and the Montreal Alouettes. What that means is the Argos are back in first, folks. They're back in first place in the East Division. They don't have Montreal take the season series from them. Very important for tiebreakers down the road. Alouettes fall to three and five. Toronto improves to four and five. So Toronto now with eight points. Montreal remains at six. Ottawa, who won yesterday, is at five in the East Division. And this became a real three horse race now in the East. Let's bring in our play by play team, Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson. Gentlemen, uh, as, as horrible as last game was, uh, wow. Like this, this was, a, I'm sure, a pleasure to call. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, Rick Moffat is the longtime voice of the Alouettes on our TSN affiliate in Montreal. We were talking before the game, and I said, was that even fun to call in a win last week? Because it was just a – there was one big play in the end zone. Uh, George Johnson had a touchdown. Or, sorry, it was Ernest Jackson's touchdown. And he said, no. He said, it's just <laughs> – like, what you want when you're calling these games? And you've called games, Andy. You know what it's like. You, yeah. Uh, from a broadcast perspective only, obviously we want to see the Argonauts win. We're a home broadcast. It's better – if the Argonauts get some wins, you want to see it win. But we'd rather call a 38-35 loss yes. than a, a 6-3 <laughs> win. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. More big plays. Obviously, there's going to be offense. You're going to get big plays and scoring drives. And I think that's what the fans want. And, boy, if you're an Argo fan and you came down to BMO today and weren't thoroughly entertained, especially in the first half, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you want to see. 35 points and Ricky Ray at, at halftime with 260 yards passing and four touchdowns. Big play on special teams. I, I I don't know what else you'd want. No, it was it was absolutely unreal, guys. I have a question, JJ. We'll start with you. Was Ricky Ray left in too long? It seemed a bit risky to me. I know you want the flow and coming out of the second quarter into the third quarter, make sure Montreal doesn't get anything going. I get that. With that injured shoulder, though, was he left in too long? 
Well, it's tough to say, I mean, whether the shoulder's still injured or not, right? I mean, he wouldn't be Fair in enough. there, I think, coming, if, if coming he was back injured. From it. But at that being said, uh, if it was me, I would have given him a couple series just to establish the momentum in the second half. I would have pulled him out. Yeah. However, every coach has a different philosophy. And, you know, Tressman likes to keep that rhythm. He wants his guys to get the, the reps. Are you risking him getting injured? Absolutely. Are you risking Brandon Whitaker getting injured by not, you know, throwing Wilder in there for a couple of reps? Mm. Sure. Uh, it's the nature of football. Um, you know, would, would it be good to get the <laughs> Fajardo or, uh, you know, Prukop some reps? Absolutely. Um, that being said, that's not the philosophy of Tressman, right? And, and yeah. you know, you got to respect that philosophy. I think um, he obviously knows what he's doing. And uh, I'm sure they were working on some stuff that we aren't aware of uh, in the second half specifically with, you know, plays that are, are probably going to be important to them, you know, maybe next week or even down the road, you know. And I'm sure they weren't play- using the same plays in that first half that, they, you know, in the second half, yeah. they were likely using, working on some stuff that they may be looking to, to do either next week or the following one. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it's tough to say. I'm not going to say the coach did the wrong thing, but everything obviously worked out. Well, and uh, Ricky, you know, I think he only got hit twice. Um, yeah, you know, the offensive clean. line did a great job, you know, this afternoon. And, you know, and there was only those two times when they uh, they got to him. The Owls got to him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, not a bad decision. Yeah, Hoagie, what about um, you? Were, were, were you nervous? I would have taken him out, but I will see DeMarc Trussman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if this is some other coach, maybe yeah. we got a discussion. Sure. But Fans um, were nervous, though. But like they, did change, they did change the package, though, right? I mean, how many the, the, did we see just... You know, Jimmy Ralph out on the flat, or play right, action, right. they dump it out on a crossing route to, to Declan Cross, or they run the ball to Whitaker, or they roll out Ricky and, and get that extra blocker so you're blocking with numbers. They did that all second half. Yeah. So it's not like they ran an offensive set that made Ricky Ray vulnerable. No, but you know what? They were Sorry, uh, Andy. They were actually running a uh, an offense where it was getting the ball out of Ricky's hands fast all, all afternoon, yeah. sure. right? Which, is, which I think was great because it, it was up-tempo, it was get the ball out of Ricky's hands fast into the receivers, and he was you know doing a three-step drop much of the time. He was never hanging onto the football, and uh, and that put the ball into the guys' but, hands quickly, right? But they also helped set that up because this year they've gone downfield and had more completions of 25 or more where the receiver catches the ball 25 yards downfield. Sure. Not like a guy who catches it in the flat and goes 25. Yes, they lead the league in that. This is not they the do. dink and dunk offense no. of a year ago. And I think when you've got that in the back of your mind as DBs, and then the first touchdown today was a fairly long fade route into the end zone for S.J. Green, all of a sudden now the, the secondary is aware of that. I would bet that cushion is probably a little bit more than they expected to see this week. Yeah, I, I would expect as well. And, I mean, usually you see Ricky dinking and dunking on the you know his third read. It's a drop-off. Sure. This game seemed to be that the primary reads were shorter throws. Hmm. Now there there were the some that half. were it, there were some that were yeah. longer, but even in the first half there was some you know they were kind of mid range throws and but it was about throwing it quickly. It wasn't you know let it develop. It was one move from the receiver and throw the ball quickly. And I th- you know me personally I love that high tempo offense because it gets guys going. It gets guys it gets the offensive lineman off the ball. It, it, it helps the team build momentum. And um, I think Ricky the way he's hopping around and you know looking like a little kid out there I think he enjoys <laughs> it too. Yeah, he looked really good. And, and guys, the, the main thing with that shorter pass offensive strategy is you have to have playmakers after they catch the ball. You can't just have a guy who's going to catch it and fall down. You have to have the, uh, guys who can cut, guys who can uh, get those extra yards. And the Argos, got to love the diversity with Jimmy Ralph being thrown there uh, depth-wise. Declan Cross and, of course, the likes of Brandon Whitaker and, uh, and S.J. Green just being a man-beast. Like The depth we talked about so much on the Argos' defensive line with injuries – 
on offense, it's proven to be pretty deep too. When JJ and company won the Grey Cup in 2012, they had two playmaking receivers. They had Chad Owens, who was the best player in the league that year, MOP, and they also had Andre Dury, who was the king of yards after the catch. Mm-hmm. And then they had other guys who had good role, like Dontrell Inman in the red zone, guys like that who could come mm-hmm. in. But primarily those were the two. Barnes is a guy who could make some key catches. But those were the two big playmakers. And they expected that when they had Chad Owens and then brought in the quote-unquote big three. And, you know, how many times did we see checkdowns to those guys, get them in the ball in space, and then they couldn't make anybody miss? Right. Hazleton, Gurley, Elliott are all really good receivers, but they didn't have that whatever it is. Yak yards. Sure. Yeah. S.J. Green's that guy. S.J. Green's going to make plays. Sure. Armani Edwards is a guy. He's going to make plays. I mean, you've got all of a sudden those guys who are going to make people miss. And if you if they don't make uh, a guy miss, then you can uh, you can go downfield with a guy like Green and have him make that. And I, I think, you know, Coombs has become that guy to a degree where you get the ball, he's going to make guys miss. He was one of the leaders in yak yards um, among CFL receivers. And you know, maybe Jimmy Ralph is a guy that they're trying to, 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 to be, you know become that guy. Well, he showed some flash, a couple of spins out there, you know, making people miss. And, you know, hey, Ricky moved the ball around to nine different guys. Mm-hmm. Exceptional. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it goes to show you the depth that not only do they have on the defensive side of the ball, but they also have on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, kudos to the, the coaching staff and, and the management and the scouting staff to getting the right people in place uh, so that they can do that. And guys, we're seeing, uh, for Argos fans, it's always tough when you're seeing greatness as it happens because you, you don't always appreciate it. And I always try to say, okay, when you're watching someone great, drink it in because you don't get to see it that often. For Argos fans, you're getting to see two of the best. Ricky Ray setting the all-time Argo TD record. And then again, SJ Green. We've seen it a couple times this season, guys. But just the, the human highlight reel, it's it's maybe the most appropriate nickname in the league. How often do you have two guaranteed first-round Hall of Fame <laughs> players who are still, I don't know if they're at the top of the game, but they're not that far from it. No. Even though you know one guy is at an advanced age in terms of football life in Ricky Ray, and you've got a guy coming off uh, a stupid knee injury, uh, where there was a question whether or not he was going to come back. He didn't re- know if he was going to come back. He's talked about it where until he made that first catch in the first game against Hamilton, where it was a seam route and it was into double coverage and it was a little bit behind him, and he made what we thought was going to be the highlight of the night catch. Yeah. He just surpassed it two more times <laughs> himself that day. But he said he that when he know. made that catch, he didn't know. Like, he didn't play in the preseason games, right? They really worked him along slowly in camp. Uh, Two-a-days, he was a, still a one-a-day guy. They didn't want the swelling up. They wanted to let yep. this have this time to recover. So he's been fantastic. Um, better than advertised, I think, because, you know, they give up a sixth-round pick and a, uh, a conditional pick as well to get him. Uh, that could be the steal of all time if the Argos make a run in the postseason. Um, you know, yeah. it's just it's – just, I hope we don't take this guy for granted because he brought me out of my, you know, I'm standing up when I do the the call. That second touchdown today stunned <laughs> me. I had no idea who was going to catch that ball. And I think there are four calls I've had this year where from our angle, our vantage point, not a prayer he's going to catch the football, and he caught the football. He's just so much fun to watch. He really is. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break before uh, we join Mark Tressman at the press conference. So we'll take the break now and come back with that. Argonauts win it 38-6 to over the Montreal Alouettes. We'll hear from Coach Tressman coming up shortly on the Argos postgame show. All right, back to the Argos postgame show where they defeat the Alouettes 38-6. to I'm Andy McNamara alongside Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson. Let's throw it down to Coach Tressman's postgame comments. So, you know, give us the opportunity to be better. Mark, I thought your quarterback gave you the opportunity. 
Well, he's Ricky Ray. You know, he's uh, he's shown he can do it. He, you know, we started out fast uh, this season, and then uh, for a lot of different reasons, we weren't able able to make the plays and do the kind of things and finish the drive. We weren't playing clean football, and uh, that hurt us. Um, tonight we played a little bit better, and uh, we played better continuity football probably than we have this entire year. So well, that's a good sign. Um, we're going to start over next week. We got to. You know, we got to go on the road against a, a great opponent, and uh, we're going to learn from the mistakes that we made this week. Try to get better for three days and work hard, and uh, and we'll we'll be defined by how we play next week. How's, how would you say he executed the game plan? Well, I thought he did an excellent job. But we were able to, uh, you know, throw it and run it and pull it, you know, when we needed to. And um, I thought he did a, a tremendous job. He had, as I said earlier in the week, he had a very efficient week of practice, and I think that showed up today. Well, that's uh, you know that's something we hope for. You know, we, we saw it earlier in the year, and uh, and we've seen a lot of that between the two of them. We just haven't been a consistent football team. We haven't played continuity football, and we, you know, we haven't played clean enough football to beat the opposition that we played. We only hurt ourselves. And um, every opposition is 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 a solid, is solid. You know, and and uh, you've got to learn how to not do those things. So we still did some of them tonight, and hopefully we'll get better next time as well. I, you know, I thought about it, and if we were playing the kind of game that I thought we we might have had to play, um, I would have done it. But I thought that we were we were sufficiently in a position where, you know, he could do the things necessary to to function in the offense. I think you could see how we we played the game for almost the last quarter and a half, and we relied on our running game and in our pull game to get the ball out quickly, and we really didn't expose him to anything, and still want to function as an offense and give us a chance to. We we need the work. You know, we, we haven't arrived. We're not annoying ourselves in any way. We, we need to work as an offense together. And, you know, we didn't score in the second half. You know, we, uh, we, we had some good drives. Uh, we, we, caught, we got ourselves short on a couple of second downs that we, we didn't convert, and I thought we could have. So it was good that we needed to play through it, and, and we got to play better on offense in the, in the second half. We didn't do that today. We played efficiently, uh, but we didn't, we didn't get the scoring uh, behind uh, the type of play that we had. Do you have any sense of what happened to our passing? Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm going to go talk to the trainers uh, as soon as I get out of here. And I guess that's the same with you with Exactly. Coach, you guys are at the midway point of the season. Yeah. Four and five. Yep. Do you have any sort of instant assessment of where you guys are? Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we knew this was our midterm exam, basically. And uh, this was a important game. It was a fork in the road for our team, how we would come out of this in some ways, not not to the extent of the entire season, but just after this game. And, you know, I'll stand by what I said. We saw a glimpse of the type of team, an efficient team we can be um, offensively and the type of defense that we can play with. Um, and and uh, I'm looking forward to getting some guys back uh, over the next couple of weeks, but we lost some guys. And and uh, the CFL is a, is a bunch of teams that are overcoming injuries. The teams that are winning are overcoming it throughout the league. So and we're going to have to do it as well. Okay. All right, that was Mark Tressman from the podium there on the Toronto Argonauts Kubota post-game show. It is brought to you by Kubota Canada Limited. You can find the full lineups of their products at Kubota.ca. And we should wait for the coach uh, Tressman to make it over to the mic here. Um, and guys, Hoagie, at, uh, hey, you know what? Coach Tressman, never, even with that big victory, never satisfied, always room for improvement. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're just uh, we're waiting for uh, Coach Trustmeyer. So I was talking to uh, our engineer here, Keith, to uh, uh, to let me know what we're going out, what's going on here. We're just waiting for uh, Coach Trustman to uh, saddle up and throw on the headsets, and we'll get a couple of words uh, with the coach after this uh, rather large victory today, uh, 38-6 Argonauts over Montreal. Coach Trustman, are you there? Hey, Mike. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. You just said uh, we heard the end of the uh, the news conference. We got to a little bit late, but uh, you said that this was your midterm exam. How tough a marker are you? Tough. <laughs> Very tough. So what, what would you say about the first half then? Well, I think that uh, we, we still had penalty flags that disrupted the continuity of our football. Um, I thought we were very efficient offensively, and I thought we played well defensively, you know, overall. But with the the uh, the early penalties extended their drives, and uh, the, the interception helped. But uh, the two major penalties allowed them to go down the field and take the offense off the field. And but but overall, I thought we played our best continuity football, no doubt about it. And as I told the the media here, um, we saw a glimpse of the type of team that we can be. And and, uh, and next week we'll we'll be defined again. We'll go into the week zero and zero. We got a, we got a lot of work to do over the three days. Um, we're not going we're not anointing ourselves. We got a long way to go, and we we start the second half next week. Without uh, looking at the film to the naked eye, what were you most happy about? I thought we were, uh, you know, number one. I think we made the stops defensively. I thought Martise Jackson did a did an excellent job in the return game. He gave us life. Uh, he he really improved. I thought our return game was was very good to the naked eye. You know, again, we'll look at the tape tomorrow. And I thought we played our most efficient game offensively. It looks like, I don't know if they've turned a corner or if it was just a, a slow start, but the offensive line over the last, I guess, three out of the last four games seemed to have played a lot better than it did early on. Uh, do you, can you put your finger on as to a reason why? Yeah, well, I think that, uh, you know, we came out of those nine games in, uh, you know, three games in nine days without any practice time, and we're not the, we're not a team that can go out there and not practice. We need to work, and I think our coaches did a very good job of getting back. To, uh, we spent a lot of time on just fundamentals and technique and leverage and hands and eyes and the little things that it takes to play fundamentally sound football. And I think over the last few weeks, you're right, Mike, we have shown a sign of, of, of getting better. I thought we saw that last week. Uh, both offensively and defensively, and uh, the production was better, obviously, today. Final question. I guess there are two theories on what to do when you've got a, a big lead at halftime, and, and there's one school of thought that would say get Ricky out of there. The the shoulder isn't 100%, although he certainly didn't show that in the first half. Uh, but just to protect him, maybe get some backup snaps from the other two. And then the other one is to let him go and let this offense continue to develop. You chose the latter. Why? Well, I, I think uh, that that's two parts. The, to answer your first question, when is a CFL game? over that's you true know, no lead is, is safe when, that's no, hashtag, no lead is right? safe right and so uh you know we, we weren't going to do anything to, to disrupt that and, and then number two is you know we were we were playing the kind of football that we knew we could protect ricky with the run and the pulls and the quick throws and and we you said it we need to work we're, we we got a long way to go and, and we need opportunities to get better and and ricky's our quarterback and he needs to work with the guys that he's going to be playing with so um, you know, we, we, we took it uh, we took it to the end with him, and uh, and uh, you know I, th- I think we're a better football team for it. A lot more positives and negatives today, Coach. Congratulations. Enjoy the work and or the week, and then uh, get to work. Yep, we'll see you in Calgary. I uh, think so. Okay. Thank you, sir. That is uh, Mark Cressman, the uh, head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. 38-6, Andy. They uh, they certainly uh, did all right this afternoon here against the Alouettes. Oh, yeah, and what a bounce back! Like now. Now, guys, you have, all right, in what's becoming a, an even tighter East Division with the Ottawa win, you're up now 4-5 in first place. Montreal's 3-4, or 3-5. Uh, you don't lose the season series there. And now, yeah, you have the Calgary Stampeders out west, but you're going out there with a lot of confidence, with knowing, all right, we got Ricky back, we're rolling, and, and now you got a tough West opponent, but at least you're going up 
on on a high note there, which is as you said, is, is going to be a really tough outing, and uh, which is always difficult to play in Calgary. Games against the East, right? You've got yeah. Montreal one more time. That tiebreaker is here. You've got Hamilton twice, uh, both in the hammer this this time. So uh, you know that's a a team that is down. You've already won, swept the season series with Ottawa. So you can go in the front door by mm-hmm. winning those games against the East, and then you know hopefully you can uh, you can beat Saskatchewan here. And you know you, you you can't write off any game. This team is very good, but you know it's going to be tough sledding when you go into Alberta twice. Sure. Um, so they've they've got some work to do. They've got Edmonton here again uh, in the next home game. Uh, in the middle of September, it's a Saturday afternoon game like this 4 o'clock start. So uh, the schedule is there. There are enough winnable games there that uh, they can go in the front door and win this uh, Eastern Division. Yeah, and Andy, I'm looking at this next stretch is actually a, a tough, tough window here. So the next four games, you go to Calgary, right? I mean, the stamps are the stamps, right? Sure. And, yep. and I like that Tressman noted that, you know, keeping Ricky out there, it's a, it's an opportunity to work on some stuff. They yeah. need to get better. They yeah. need to be better. And they're not good enough. And, and from Tressman's perspective, the, the Argos are not good enough to to just sit Ricky, right? So they need to keep him out there. They need to, to get some things, you know, uh, grooving and working and um, get on the same page. But then you've got the Labor Day Classic, and I don't care uh, th- what's going on in Hamilton. It's They're Labor struggling. Day. It's Labor Day. You mm-hmm. can take Labor the record Day. and you can basically torch it because that game can go either way. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of how good one team is and the other, the other one's struggling. Um, but that you know is what? a tough uh, game. Argo fans? That's a tough game. Tickets available. Pack the barn. If you can get there, yeah. if you can get there, get over there, right? And Ticats uh, are coming off the bye too, guys. So they're going to be ready. They're, they'll be frothing. Hundred percent, they were. And you know what? When I played there, uh, which was eons ago, I, I, if I had a, a dime for every fan that came up to me and said this one thing to me, I'd be a rich man. If fans would come up to me and say, "Listen, I don't care if you guys lose every single game. I want you to win one game during the season as a tie cat." And I'll be a happy fan, and I'll renew my season tickets. As long as you win that Labor Day game wow. against the Toronto Argonauts, it's a good season for us. Is that why they haven't won a Grey Cup this millennium? Well, isn't it? But, but honestly, <laughs> right? Like that, that, that's how serious they are about beating Toronto. They do not like Toronto in Hamilton. Oh, so, and it's fun. Right? You get people who go out to that game, and you've seen this. Oh, there, there are people who still think that Damon Allen and Danny McManus are the quarterbacks here. <laughs> like, they don't know. But Once it's they're Toronto. Once in, they sure. start thinking that. It's Labor Day. Oh, my they don't goodness. care. You know, people dig out the, you know, Garney Henley jerseys. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, they, they that's that's a thing in Hamilton, is to go and watch the Ticats and the Argos. They know two things. You're supposed to wear black and gold, and the Argos suck. Right? That's, that's right. That's the that's, right. that's the mantra in uh, in Hamilton. And so if that's, you're, that's and if, a, such a fun experience. And if you're an Argo going out there, bring a hard hat too, because you know what? People bodies were flying in the stands before. <laughs> it gets crazy. It gets it gritty. It gets crazy. <laughs> it gets gritty. It gets fun. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Shar Levingston were running on the field. He turns around. He throws his helmet into the stands yeah. at a fan. Wow. I mean, that wasn't very smart because he needed his really? helmet to play. Really? Like, <laughs> come on. What are you doing? But Char, but, you that know, wasn't bright. That just goes to show you how like guys lose control of. What you know, rationality? <laughs> you just you know, even on the field. That's Andre the Talbot got in so, a fight. Mild-mannered Andre <laughs> Talbot got booted from a game. Mike Bishop got kicked out of that game too, didn't he? Yes, yeah, oh yeah, a whole bunch <laughs> of guys. But bottom line is that game could go either way, right? Yeah, so you've yeah. got, now you've got Calgary, you're in Hamilton, and then you got Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton is you know, the best team in the league right now. And you've got Montreal again. So the next four games are, you know, it, it, it's important uh, that the Argos do what they can. And you know what? I guess in Tressman's uh, defense, 
Great job of, of doing what he needed to do in the second half. Keep Ricky out there. Now they've got more film, more things to talk about in film, and more things to more opportunities to coach and get better. Yeah, and more to to work on. All right, guys, great job. Uh, enjoy the rest of the the victory Saturday. We'll talk soon. There's cotton candy available Ooh. just outside the gate. Very We're nice. there. That's where I'm headed, boys. All right, go treat Hoagie and JJ to cotton candy if you're listening. And you see him. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Thanks, All right. Andy. <laughs> Mike Hogan and Jeff Johnson calling the Argos 38-6 victory over the Montreal Alouettes. And our next Argos broadcast is a week from tonight. 9 o'clock kickoff. Argos head out west to face the 6-1-1 Calgary Stampeders, who just beat the BC Lions 21-17 this week. So an important win. Argos back in first place. But uh, this race is far from over. Great job, everybody. So for producer Sean Lavery and Chris Devero, Mike Hogan, Jeff Johnson, and Kate Pedersen, I'm Andy McNamara. Argonauts win it 38-6. You've been listening to Argos Football on TSN 1050.